You're listening to Pointing Pointers, the Point to Point podcast. Welcome to Pointing Pointers. Uh, we've tried something a little bit different this week. We are getting the gang back together. We have no special guest uh, other than Johnny Bailey, who uh, has become a guest of sorts. Uh, but we uh, we welcome you back, Johnny. How have you been keeping? Yeah, not so bad. Not so bad. Had a uh, nice outing at Garthorpe at the weekend, so uh, feel a bit uh, feel a bit motivated to speak. Oh, be warned! Be warned! Um, uh, so, yeah, as I said, there's no guest today. Uh, we just thought it was high time we got the gang back together. And um, before we get going, I, I have something to ask you all, uh, listeners. That is. Um, Please, can you subscribe to the podcast using whatever service you listen on? Um, and please, please, please give us a five-star rating uh, if you think we're worth it, of course. Uh, if you use Apple Podcasts, we've, we've got 50 or so uh, five-star ratings on there already, lads, which is quite good. Um, but it does make a big difference to us, and it? it just helps us to kind of assess um, who's listening and what they're listening on and everything else. So um, we think there's quite a few people who are clicking the link where Johnny bothers to uh, post it on Facebook um, and quite a few of you sort of therefore listening di- directly on Anchor, the service that we use to publish it. But um, yeah, if you can, if you can download Apple Podcasts and subscribe or Spotify, that would make a huge difference to us. Um, so without a guest to interview lads, we'll just crack straight into last week's highlights. So on Saturday, um, James King and Zach Baker rode two winners each at uh, Bredwardine. Am I saying that right, Johnny? Bredwardine. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and uh, Ben Bromley added one to his tally. Um, Sunday, Mike Bratton down. Uh, James King rode two winners in races that Will Biddick finished second in. Um, yeah, the first four winners of the day. Yeah, must have a little bit of that. We'll talk about that in a moment. First four winners of the day were odds-on favourites. Uh, Josh Newman won the maiden on Donny's fortune, which I was thinking about it. If that was a store bought a Doncaster for a fortune, that is one hell of a name. Um, You'd have so a few winners down on... there then, Ben. If you were there, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'd have got the uh, I'd have got the four timer up there, Johnny. The lucky fifteen would have been paying at least <coughs> one pound fifty. Um, uh, <laughs> Olive Nichols and Charlie Sprake won the win the ladies and men's opens respectively and uh, and then I was at Garthorpe on Sunday so were you Johnny you avoided me like the play came in for the pony racing ran off again um, was noted off the Christmas card list uh, but uh, it was a great day of racing yeah <laughs> uh, it was a great day of racing um, I was there and uh, yeah yeah, a few things to mention so firstly Brian Crawford uh, one time jockey long time clerk of the course and um all-round good guy, I'm sure you could say. Uh, has retired after 20 years serving Garthorpe, amazingly. Um, he did um, quite a lot of innovative stuff back in the day with uh, with water in the course, and uh, it certainly helped establish it as one of the uh, most reputable and, and trusted courses today in the country. So uh, Brian gave a little speech and um, just sort of looking around at all the faces and um, – uh, the general public, but then also some, you know, some of the regular <laughs> names that stood around listening to Brian uh, give a little speech was was clear that he means uh, an awful lot to to a lot of people. And um, so sad day for Garthorpe, but um, uh, uh, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the future brings there uh, in terms of a new clerk of the course and everything else. Funnily enough, because no one knew who I was, um, and I was milling about uh, learning. Did the you not feel like a celebrity? 
<laughs> Someone came up to me and said, can I have an autograph? I said, and then I signed my name, Ben. They said, well, you're not James Gray. <laughs> I thought you would have uh, said, so you- oh, is it because I'm a steward? Then you're very important. <laughs> it's amazing if you wear a tie. Uh, the credit that people will give you. No, um, uh, no there was a rumour circulating that I was a new cock, of course, because people didn't know who I was. And I was I stood talking to Brian for a bit and a few others. And um, yeah, uh, uh, if I'm true, so that's pretty, pretty amusing. There have been some fairly clueless people trying to run point to points, but I reckon there'd be a prize for you in there somewhere, Ben. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Great to have you back. Uh, in uh, in terms of results from Garthorpe in chronological order, Bromley scored again on Vivaldi Vivaldi Colonge uh, in the conditions race. Um, Travelled really well, and uh, as Will uh, Will Bowler said in commentary, um, stamina just kicked in. Really won the race with relative ease. You'd have seen it, Johnny, but you left by that point. Uh, Bay Valen Bay uh, won the restricted for the Chatfield Roberts Kelly Morgan team. Um, with John Barlow's Bio Diablo um, back at the line, but just couldn't quite get there. It was a very good race. Um, first winner alert, Johnny. Uh, Caitlin Parks or Perks won for uh, for Fergal O'Brien and the Novice Riders. Using um, point in Fergal uh, support talent in his yard and um, good on him in that respect. Al Shahir won the Veterans, and um, I didn't really clock it until they came into the winning enclosure. Uh, and it, was, it sounded like England had scored a, a try at Twickenham. Uh, <laughs> he was part of the Ice and Slice Racing Club and uh, the members uh, clearly loved it. Um, as we said before on, on the podcast, surely syndication is a very good way to uh, to get people that wouldn't necessarily um, go out and uh, buy an, a horse and put in training themselves involved or close and personal with the game. And um, yeah, there was a lot of people enjoying that win. And, He's been uh, quite a consistent, fun horse, really, hasn't he? Because um, I was talking mm. to uh, one of the syndicate members, and by all accounts, he's not actually all that straightforward to train. Um, right. So they, yeah. uh, I know, obviously, they do a good job anyway. But uh, yeah, he's he's been consistent, so they obviously did quite a good job with him. Yeah, I got the impression it's often the ones that aren't quite straightforward or do take a bit of this or a bit of that that <laughs> people almost appreciate more a bit of a character. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, Rupert Stern won the, the mixed open uh, on Take He's Heart. Still going. Izzy Marshall won the yeah, going strong. Uh, Izzy Marshall won on Shrill Diva, who caught the eye with a nice uh, performance in the flat race. I thought, but uh, also had a localish winner, the Brocklesby horse, winning for trainer and owner Sam Club, ridden by Tom Broughton. Both of them looked absolutely uh, delighted, and that was that was great to see. Johnny actually found. Um, uh, a board. I'm just trying to pull the photo up on my phone now. Da, da, da. Uh, the Prince of Wales Cup, and the names on that board were J Day. So I'm not sure who that is. Jack G Day. Henderson, George Henderson, Jack Day, H Bethel, Harriet Bethel, uh, P Needham, Fiona. No, don't know. Fiona's got an F. <laughs> I really hope they listen to this podcast. I really, I really hope they listen to this podcast because uh, 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 you won't remember them. That's brilliant. Uh, D Hilton Wedge stuck out like a sore thumb. Presumably that was Adam. Um, Jay Bailey, K Morgan. That was on Kelly. Was right. Yeah, there's some good R. riders Barrett. in that list. <laughs> I know R Barrett, 
S. Ross and M. Seston, who is if that was Miles Seston, that's the uh, chap that sold me life, my life insurance. So that is Miles Seston. Johnny Greenall on that list as well. So, yeah, it's, it's that's funny. That's who I was named that. after. Is it really? Yeah, he was my dad's best friend. It's great to be on course and, and glimpse some of the joy of uh, wins, etc. It's, uh, you know, well done to the, well done to the, uh, the Brocklesby team uh, for for winning with uh, I think it's Tom Crean the horse club. Um, so I realise it's a bit of a monologue today, boys, but uh, we are we are making sure that we are very efficient with our time. And um, I just wanted to go briefly through the leaderboard before we go back some bits from Garthorpe and a few responses to last week's show. Um, so not much has altered from last week. Um, so I won't go through the scores on the doors, but uh, significantly, James King has kicked two clear in the men's champ. Um, Olive Nichols has gone one into lead in the female novice championship, and Charlie Sprake has gone two clear in the men's novice. Um, so yeah, bit of a switcheroo in the men's championship. Uh, that that was a they were championship points those two races. If Biddick had gone both of them, obviously he, he'd have maintained his lead, but because he didn't, and James won on both. Uh, the first and second that's uh cause a bit of a bit of movement shall we say so um yeah it's going to be a spicy one till the end of the season that no doubt biddick will have his supporters james will have his and i think we'll get into that kind of situation we did under rules a couple of seasons ago where people are, are, are almost finding horses to run to uh to support their man so uh i thought it'd be interesting in a bit we'll let uh, in fact, let's do it right now. So, four selections, male. Well, in fact, the female one. That's 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 the banker leg because it can't be undone. So let's just do it. Let's do a tricksy. Well, who's three, going to finish second three, to Gina? Three predictions. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, fine. So who's going to second, finish second to Gina? Novice men's, novice ladies. Mike. Well, I've said Biddick all season, so now that he's gone two behind, I'm not going to change my mind. Um, yeah, the, the novices has been a good sort of bit of a battle, hasn't it, the last few weeks. Um, Charlie Sprake is riding well, obviously gone too clear now. Um, but I'll stick with him to uh, to do it for the West Country boys as well. And, uh, well, yeah, Olive, like you'd think with her back. You'd think Olive. she's going to get the, yeah, you're gonna, you'd think she's going to get the firepower to be fair. You'd think she'd hold on, wouldn't you really? So, um, yeah, exactly. It'll have to be a very good run to beat that, I'd, I'd imagine. Second to Gina, hey? I think, well, yeah, it just, just shows us, doesn't it, how, how sort of dominant she is that we have to sort of talk about the second, isn't it? That she's just a class above. So, I think we'll just leave all the, um, accolades to her, really. Have you said that because you don't uh, know who currently is second? <laughs> exactly that exactly that Johnny he's just like I heard this typing and this clicking like um, yeah, yeah, yeah scrabbling about there definitely Mike and so for me I think James will win I think Izzy Marshall will come second to Gina I think and I think it'll stay on Alto I think Charlie's break uh, will get a bit of support and is a good rider and Olive Nichols I think they will just throw the kitchen sink at that operation to be honest I think Rosie Howarth uh, will will come a, a noble second, <laughs> but um, you know Cherry Coward and others are doing their best to to prop that one up. But um, yeah, it's hard to see that Olive won't get the support required to uh, to get that particular job done. James, oh, there's very little point in me repeating what you just said. Um, 
some a lot of, bit of a different angle on the same theory. Will Gina get more winners than the men's champion? I'll be interesting to see. Oh. It must be quite close at the minute. That's a, that'd be a, that'd be a really interesting betting market, wouldn't it? Uh, Gina versus James. Gina versus James versus Biddick. That would be very interesting. Someone should put mm. a book on that. James bet, perhaps. James bet. Um, Johnny, quickly round it up for us. Uh, I think Charlie, Izzy, uh, either one of the men's or a, a draw. There are your colours to the mass, Johnny. You don't that have that. colours to the mass. I didn't uh, say who do you want to win because you uh, like, well, you've got okay, special who do I respect want to, for James and you love Will Biddick. Who, who do you want who to do you win? think will win? I don't care who wins. Uh, I think... <laughs> I think James probably will now. Um, Ever the diplomat. Yeah. So, um, so, so here's one for you. you we, Johnny, you missed this the other week. We were saying that... Um, it's been a bit of switcheroo. There's been a bit of a few grumblings down in Mike's part of the world that uh, that um, when there's been talk of a walkover, Biddick's managed to get on those walkovers. In fact, that's slightly different to the news that we gave the other week, which was, well, the discussion point was, should walkovers count? I think chatting to people, everyone agrees universally that they shouldn't. I don't think you lads did think that, but that just proves that you're wrong and I'm right. Uh, but... Uh, Engineering walkovers is surely well below the belt in terms of uh, getting on horses that you weren't going to ride to do the walkover. Do we agree on that? Surely, lad. You, you, you. I'm going. You lot are becoming uh, racing that. journalists that don't want to bump into Biddick at the sales and that, and then say, "Oh, you." So you just all just. Johnny, I'm going to stick my neck on the block his, and say that, that is. No, you. I know what James is smirking. Mike I hidden think, below the camera. I still think they should all count. And uh, okay, okay, Johnny, it's down you, to the owners, you, isn't you, it? Okay. Uh, so I'm going to nail my colours to the mask and say that I don't think walkovers should count, and I don't think that you should be able to swap onto a horse that you weren't going to ride to ride in a walkover. Absolutely nothing against Will Biddick. Phenomenal. So what if somebody, what if somebody gets injured? Rider. Well, that's not a completely different circumstance. That's Johnny. not. That person can't yeah, ride it, it so it, that they shouldn't be able to swap. It, so that's what you're saying. Yeah, no, I can't wait yeah, till you bump obvi- into Biddick. Obviously, that's fine. Because you obviously don't that's like obviously Will fine. You obviously don't like Will, so let me know how I've that conversation goes. I've never met him, and I'm, I've <laughs> never met him, and I'm sure that he is a fantastic guy of this podcast, and we can discuss this very issue. Let's move on. Okay. The only thing I'd say is it not quite a uh, sad indictment of the sport that we have enough to talk about walkovers. There should be one or two a year. All right, that's never going to happen. But there are so many walkovers now that it's becoming a discussion point on a point-pointing podcast about whether they should count for the jockey's title. You know, it's just it's yeah. just been so many. Yeah. Or it's testament yeah, to the two right. lads that they've ridden this many winners each and it's coming down to this. Mm. Both those things, I think, are absolutely true. So, um, Part moving of the fact like you don't you don't have the last word on that. I do like Will. I think he's a lovely man. We had dinner last night. Happy. <laughs> pony racing. Uh, my position was down at the start for the pony racing. And um, yeah, it was really interesting to see how the assistant starter uh, was almost educating them and then introducing the starter. You know, he basically said, look, uh, my name is Mr. Such and Such. 
the starter is called Mr. Such and Such, you will call him Sir. When he calls your name, you will say Sir. Well, I, and one of them just, one of them poor lads uh, made the mistake of saying, yeah. <laughs> and um, was was quickly told by the starter to uh, refer to him as Sir and Sir only. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it did. People have said before that have, have stood up for pony racing that it's just a very good education. And as much as it's a good education for the riding ability, I think it's probably a good all-round education in terms of, uh, etiquette on course and just uh, the respect for the officials and all that kind of thing. Um, Johnny, you walk the course. Uh, is the future of, of uh, jockeys in point to points and under rules in safekeeping? Uh, yeah, I'm sure it is. I think it's brilliant. I think it'll be better when kids listen. Um, I appreciate I'm very boring to listen to. Um, the fact that one kid said yes and not sir proves they don't listen because I had that very same conversation with them just stood next to the first fence down the back so I hope he did get in trouble um <laughs> it is a, it's he a might have just panicked to be fair yeah I'm sure he did uh he might just not have listened so um I, I think it's a waste of time walking a course with them um I did hear one of the parents saying don't listen to Johnny which you give up your time to go and do it. I'm having a right moan because it really annoyed me. Um, no wonder they don't listen to anyone. The parents encourage them not to. Uh, I did see a couple of video clips, and in terms of actual riding ability, some of them look quite tidy. Um, yeah. And I think when they yeah. know as much as they think they know, I'm sure they'll progress into nice jockeys. Um, <laughs> but I would think most of them probably aren't as good as they think they are. Um, and I think they'll ha- they'll learn a lot when they ride in a proper race against adults, mm. um, which is a shame because I actually wanted to go and in- sort of change my attitude towards pony racing, but the attitudes of them didn't really, I just felt like it was a waste of time. However, there were a group of kids out of the middle of Birmingham um, who, from different backgrounds, different walks of life, they did walk the course with us and... They were fantastic. Um, you know, I, I wish some of them would have the opportunities because uh, they they really listened and uh, asked interesting questions. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was that that made it worthwhile. And do you know what that initiative was, Johnny? Did it have, have an um, I should know. They did tell me there is a, um, a, a like a sponsored scholarship uh, from the lady that rode the winner. Um, oh yeah, London. yes, I know. Um, yes, so I know. Yeah, all off the back. That's it. Yeah, and um, oh, they were great. Really, really good bunch of kids. Um, it made it made me want to find them, have a pony, and have a go. Yeah, totally. Um, were they riding, Johnny, or were they no, just there to look? They literally came to find out what point pointing was about, which I think is important. It makes it more inclusive as a sport. It there's no reason mm. it can't be inclusive. And it just shows they perhaps haven't got the um, privileged backgrounds of some. Uh, certainly myself, yeah. who did have a go, um, but it was it was really interesting to see and hear their take on it, um, and sort of how interested they were to see and hear the different aspects of racing. So I really enjoyed talking to them. Oh, good. So a mixed a mixed afternoon for you, Johnny, and uh, yeah, some, yeah, interesting points there. Um, so one thing you haven't done this weekend, John, is listen to last week's podcast. Uh, so uh, 
feel free to switch off while I uh, relay this back to uh, <laughs> to Mike and James. But, uh, we we basically touched on the question, and and I'll briefly outline it to you, Johnny, because I'm sure you will have an opinion. I was basically saying, <laughs> I was basically saying, if Hunts keep taking all the money out point-to-point meetings, which I realised in itself, if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, is a very loaded statement. Uh, if if they are essentially fundraisers, um, and then it's very difficult to develop a stable base for that point-to-point to develop its offering and its prize money. And a few people uh, have responded to some of the things that we said in that. One is one, something that me and James were arguing about, uh, a few people have been in touch to say they would they would definitely work on course. Are the few people that you're going to quote now all agreeing with you? <laughs> no, 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 not at all, actually. I'm wrong. Delete, 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 so TV would have been in touch to say that they, they would do it for a lot less than £200. There is quite a lot of positions, fence judging, et cetera, where you can basically um, near enough sit on a deck chair for a lot of the afternoon uh, with a non-alcoholic beverage and and make sure that everything's okay at certain points. And so they, there's a lot of positions that, that, that in, in running a point-to-point which aren't graft, shall we say. And those people would definitely be happy to do that for less than two hundred pounds, James. You are clearly yeah, but stewards are all volunteering. Stewards are all volunteering, aren't they? At the moment, yes. So While they're sat on the deck chairs, on. I assume that's what you're talking about. I'm talking yeah. about the people that actually have to do some work, like um, park yes. cars or yes. So um, the some people that would need paying, and I think you're absolutely right. So let me just go on to tell you the rest of what I've learned. And there's already apparently quite a lot of club fixtures already happening, which is interesting. Um, and some of those, judging by Facebook and, and other uh, bits of research which I've done, seem to be giving some of that money to charity as well. So that's also not going to game. But that's by the by. The point is, there's, there's seemingly a lot more clubs out there that than I thought that were running point to point. Presumably, the the hunts had to stop running it, and friends, groups, farmers. Uh, business people in the local area have, have stepped in and done that. Um, but they fall into but, the category uh, of being fundraisers again, don't they? They're fundraising yes, for a different yes. means. I don't know why that is. Um, I, I don't know whether it helps people part with a tenner at the gate or whatever, but there, there seems to be something about it raising funds which which people are plumping for. Um, and uh, yeah, someone else got in touch to say, don't forget that hunts collect hunter certain money as a means of raising funds too. So um there is there is additional income um for the hunts there uh so if the, t- if if the hunts don't take enough they there won't be a point to point anyway no exactly but what we were saying last week johnny is um well, to run one uh as a commercial group james is making the point that you need so many volunteers it has to be for a fundraiser which is potentially why the other people the other the other commercial groups do run it as a fundraiser so they can get this so they can get the volunteers to fill those roles uh, but in, in terms of the, the money raised for hunting, um, if you think about it, there's 3,000 horses registered, give or take, £160 a hunter certificate. That's nearly That's half a million 3,000 though, isn't it? Well, I don't know. Um, I don't know, in all honesty. I know what, roughly 16, what it's about. 1,600, um, I think. No, no, no. It's more than that. Definitely more than that, he says. <laughs> um, but... 
let, let, yeah, there, there, there's a good chunk of money between. So yeah, on on your reckoning, quarter of a million. On my reckoning, half a million going to hunts hunt, um, for the the uh, the hunt certificate. Um, so yeah, just wanted to go over those points because when people get in touch, I think it's fair to uh, not correct ourselves, but just make uh, subsequent points based on what we we're discussing last week. Now, so which one of um, those agreed with what I said? I actually agree with what you say. I just didn't get in touch. Um, uh, I'm not sure, James. I'll have to reread and get back to you. <laughs> um, so, one other thing, just completely a completely fresh uh, thing to think about. We might not have the answers. We might revisit this another week. So, I'm aware of time, and you all have got to get off and do things. Um, global warming and horse welfare seem to be working in opposite directions to squeeze. You sound like a steward. He's changed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say it used to be cool, but they they uh, they, uh, they they're starting to squeeze things in the middle and and um, create ground issues. We are having some inexplicably dry uh, springs, and certain courses are just having stopped running after a certain time. Um, and, and, and in in yesteryear, you could run horses on rattling hard ground and no one would really say too much and now there's a massive emphasis as there should be on safe jumping ground um and we're, we're kind of getting squished in the middle and what is is there has anyone got any bright ideas um you three and listeners for for the ongoing solution because it, is it just a case of losing the meetings that cannot provide safe ground for a long enough period to have one or two um you know uh goes around the track or, or is it a case of you know um, doing similar to what to what Brian's managed at Garthorpe and coming up with a very good um, you know watering system that doesn't it doesn't include you know bowsering etc. Uh, has anyone got any views on that? I think it's too subjective. What one person thinks is safe isn't safe for another person. What's safe for one horse isn't safe for another horse. Mm. I think, I think as well, you've got huge advantages. You're talking there about Garthorpe, and they run five meetings a year, so they can afford to put a little bit of money towards um, uh, a sprinkler system. And also, they are a bit backloaded, aren't they? If they've got sort of three meetings after the 1st of May, so they're going to encounter firmer ground. And also, I think when, because they race there so often, people tend to say, if it's good to soft, they know what that'll be like. Whereas... What's great about point to pointing is some of these really random tracks where they run through hedgerows and you know through field gateways and all sorts. Um, but you, they can't afford to put a sprinkler system in, and you wouldn't want to lose that sort of unique tracks all around the country. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting point. Um, I, I think uh, we could talk all night about the fixture list, and I know when we have Peter Wright on um, at the uh, the final show of the season, we're hoping for a bit of a season wrap up. Um, I saw Peter and he's he's uh, very kindly agreed to come back on and do a bit of a season wrap up with us we'll perhaps get into the fixture list in a bit more detail but um, I do think the, the ground and, and who's able to provide uh, good ground and um, is uh, is part of that discussion so quickly looking ahead to uh, this weekend before we wrap up um, we are racing Saturday 28th of May at the, Fit, the Fitzwilliam at uh, Dingley uh, going is the course was rolled and filled in following the Fernie fixture in the last four days of course it's had 40 millimetres of rain crikey that's quite good isn't it and there was a good covering of grass all around 
Further showers of forecast today, Friday, and at the beginning of the week, we will water as necessary to produce ground as close to good as possible. Uh, the South Tetcut, Mike, are at Upcut Cross, Devon, uh, also on Saturday. Um, basically, the synopsis there is that they are watering throughout the week to achieve good ground. Um, yeah, we've had we've had a good, sort of we had a good good bit of rain there last night. Um, and I'm sort of 10 minutes away from there. So, um, yeah, it'll be nice, nice ground there. Um, and it'll be our last sort of chance to, to run on, on good ground, you know, good, nice ground. So, um, I think there's 77 entries and, uh, presumably most of them will hopefully turn up because, like I say, that'll be our last sort of hurrah on nice ground before, uh, Brighton and Umberley before the end of the season, really. Yeah. Sounds like a decent entry and uh, fun day out, as always. Uh, and on Sunday the 29th, uh, the Barks and Bucks Draghounds are at Kingston Blount. Um, and the ground is now good after over 30 mils of rain since the last meeting. Um, and, uh, yeah, so good ground all around still. And uh, good on those courses for doing their best to, to, to provide the, the required surface. Um, We've covered plenty there, chaps, not in much detail, but uh, I'm aware we've all got to get on and we've got to keep it concise for the listeners. So uh, has anyone got any other business before we draw this thing to a close? <laughs> That's what we like no, to hear. Me and Johnny are off to bed, I think. Not together, I must add. <laughs> not this week. <laughs> it's a pretty sad indictment of your lives when you're going to bed at 20 to 9 in the evening. Have you heard but, of these, um, um, oh, what they call uh, jobs? <laughs> I think we've got one. Uh, yeah, the irony being that I work for myself and do far more work than you do in a day. But there we go, Johnny. Uh, uh, and let's not get started on James. Well, no. We all know he grasps. We all know he grasps more than all of us. All right, James. I'll hopefully see you in, in the next couple of days, and uh, we'll see you boys all next week. Yeah. Cheers, Ben. Nice to meet you. Thanks a lot. Nice.